Welcome to the Red Pill Training Podcast, brought to you by James Jowsey Training, 3D Physiotherapy, and the Mansfield Sports Institute. Gemma, James, and Phil, delivering topical podcasts on fitness, nutrition, health, lifestyle, training, and sports. Good morning, Jowsey. Morning, Philip. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. Thank you. It's a good day today. That is. Today's the day you work. I'm uh, podcasts today is on CrossFit. Probably guessed that by the title before you clicked in. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not my field of expertise, but uh, luckily enough, I'm uh, sitting next to a man who is uh, a little bit of a guru in the CrossFit world. Is anybody um, a guru, mate? Well, okay. I've been experienced in it for a while. Yeah, I, I had some experience in the arts of um, CrossFit. CrossFit, yeah. Good for me. Um, I just get to ask you questions, and uh, I'll be nugget. Yeah. I'm just. I've got my basket next to me, going nugget catching. <laughs> so all the all the gold nuggets you're going to be uh, throwing out today, I'm going to be running around trying to catch them. And uh, that's the goal. Hopefully, our listeners will be uh, will be feeling the same. Um, so CrossFit, Jousey, it's yeah. it, it's 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 big, isn't it? It's, it's a lot of facets to it. It's a lot of elements to CrossFit. There is. I think that's why it's uh, it's why it's so appealing to a lot of people. And I'd say as a like as a general kind of thing, it it touches on most bases in terms of fitness and skills that are just good for people. Yeah. Right, the ability for somebody to be able to move their own body, uh, their own body weight, to be able to to lift weights and shift loads, to be able to have that cardiovascular that cardiovascular fitness. Um, when you have no particular kind of goal, um, unless you're obviously competing in CrossFit as well. Um, but if you yeah, if you're unless you're a marathon runner or something like that. Um, where you need to be a specialist, you need to be lighter and things like that. You don't need as much weight training, etc. Um, it's just yeah, good for people. Good for yeah. people to 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 develop these different so it, areas. It, so CrossFit is for everybody. I mean, you've got people. Uh, you've obviously got an elite element of the sport, yeah. you? but yeah. you've also got a, uh, a general public. Yeah, you know, just want to fit, be fit, use my body. Uh, yeah, it's it's done done correctly. It is for everybody. Yes, definitely. Um, but that done correctly becomes um, the, the competition side of it has. There's been a there's a big change in CrossFit. It's kind of moved down. The competition has been become a lot of what people see. Okay, it's a lot of what's on the main site. Um, so a lot of people out there, um, whether this be due to the influence of the coaches at their box or due to um, them being competitive themselves are throwing themselves into to probably levels of CrossFit that are too quick for the okay. sake of being competitive. Just like you talked about in your your running, yeah. Why do people get injured? People are getting injured, and CrossFit has this bad press of injury because of uh, well, it's a new thing, but it has this bad press of injury. But let's be honest. Everybody gets injured in everything. Uh, there is a there are injuries in all sports. Yeah. But like you said in your running podcast, 
it's because they're doing too much or the wrong things at the wrong time in their in their training program. So, so you touched on injuries there, um, yeah. and it, it was interesting that you know you you sort of explained CrossFit and and your, your natural flow went to went towards injuries. So yeah, because of because of the rate of injuries within CrossFit, and and that's been good for you. Uh, for your business, <laughs> you've, um, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. You've you've patched a lot of people up, um, yeah. and kept a lot of people going. Um, but and, and as a result of that, of course, <laughs> of course, I know you personally, yeah, um, and I know the journey you your, yourself and your business has been on the the last few years. And I know you've you've developed your business from what was essentially an injury management or treatment, yeah, clinic. Uh, to now the last many years has been a coaching programming yeah. programming uh, company um, and that's not by chance yeah uh, as I understand and uh, that's that's not there's not a coincidence in that you've made that conscious decision to move that way um, I think the listeners will be very interested to hear why because I think there's a lot of the answers for injuries in CrossFit in, in that answer. So can you just talk us through the, the, the thought processes and why it is you've moved from the injury side of things to the coaching side of things? Yeah, well, like Phil, like you said there, I was fixing people, patching people up, a whole mixture of things, helping people improve their movement. Um, and somewhere along the line, I got a, a reputation of being a one-stop shop at one point. It's like, oh yeah, Jousey fixes you in one session, which isn't true. Like, I might have a high success rate, but we can talk about what fixing somebody really is. Yeah, let's um, do that. Let's do that. So, well, what, is, what is fixing somebody? Well, for me, it's fixing everything. It's making them great at CrossFit, not okay. just getting out of the injury. Okay. Because, as as we know from from what we can, how we can assess a body, like. It only takes one degree of motion, of extra flexibility or range of motion to mean that there's pain or no pain. Yeah. So sometimes a very small change can mean that they've, they've got better and they're out of pain. But they might still be missing 10 degrees worth of motion. Mm. So they've still got a lot of motion they need to, to get to be not only pain-free, but now performing better um, to being in a better position to to having more muscles working so that they can shift more weight so they can do things more easily whereas a lot of people people had seem to be driven by pain and if there's pain or no pain no pain is is progress so it means I'm fixed um, but then they're working they go back to training and they're in these inefficient patterns still so if they're lucky then the only thing that happens is they hit a plateau and they can't shift the weight, they can't get that next number, that next rep, that whatever facet of CrossFit they're, they're focusing on at that moment in time. Um, whereas if they're unlucky, either the injury gets comes back or they've just developed a new injury. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's kind of uh, where where I saw things kind of happening of, yeah, I had uh, a majority of people getting better and then a few people that they just kept coming back because either 
the injury kept coming back or um, we just kept running around in circles chasing pain so so that must have been quite a frustrating process for you to to sort of be there with the people have a have a sort of some form of success uh, yeah and, and having people so you're sort of saying people are measuring their performance on, on pain how much pain they've got or yeah. not got uh, and you know relatively quickly you're as I understand you're getting people out of pain and yeah. then they're sort of going back to what they're doing yeah and then they're coming back to you when they have the pain again yeah um, and, and, and that that was that, did that play a key role in your decision to move towards the coaching side of things or or, 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 or how, so, how, so where did you go from there then you've obviously frustrated I know you as, as a person as a perfectionist <laughs> yeah so I understand someone coming back still in pain I don't think that's not particularly yeah. easy for you is it no it's not it's not because I'll always question myself first uh, what's what am I doing wrong uh, what am I missing so that's always at the forefront of the mind um, where where did we go with it um, and because of the nature of how I do most of my sessions, I always kind of, I want to end the session on success. So I barely, uh, hands-on treatment to me is a, it's a last, it's a last resort because I want somebody to have a strategy that enables them to walk away and have something that they can do that doesn't require uh, hands-on treatment and all those kind of things. And we'll spend the session finding the exercises and the combination and developing the program mm. so that that creates they, they leave and they can feel the reduction in pain when normally their pain is going upwards as a session goes on when, we, when we're, we're testing the thing that's causing them pain the pain's going downwards so we know we're on the right path I've found the strategy for what that person's problem is um, so I always leave it there and it's like well if, if I'm right I know we're doing the right thing so and if I keep coming to the same same conclusion what, what am I missing yeah. and that's where the programming stuff kind of uh, started to develop and the coaching started to develop so, so what were you missing I mean what, what so they they come to you yeah you work hard on the strategy you send them away yeah they what do they do they work on the strategy uh, are they training still at this point are they not training at this point I mean I know it's different from case to case but so they're going away why are they coming back I think there's a few factors I think obviously the, the first one is training balance uh, and their overall program look because a lot of people either some are just following class programs uh, some are following um, competitive programs and let's be honest, it's more fun. I understand that it's more fun for people to do the workouts, to lift the weights, to do the hard work, to do the skills of CrossFit. That's what, that's why they love the sport. That's why they keep, that's what they want to do more of. So when a coach has given uh, the program and it's got, it's got its dominances in it, they will start to um, prioritize the the coach's program yeah. over my stuff. Okay. So there's then that, it's that training balance. So, so the pain's gone, so we just go, we carry yeah. on, yeah. Well, no, it's, no, not so much that. Like, they've got the program for me, but they go, all right, okay, well, I've only got 15 minutes. Yeah. So they'll do my stuff for 15 minutes, and then they've then got 
a 90 minute training session where they've kind of made themselves pain like or on the step to improving how they move and taking the pain away but then now they go back to training they put it into the fire as I like to call it um, and they're then starting to push again and as they start to push the mechanics start to break down and the mechanics start to break down the old patterns come in and the old pattern is the injured pattern and we just end up in this perpetuating cycle of of pain and injury that's not going away so that's that's the first reason is that that balance and application of it so 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 they they're usually they're warming up or yeah. doing whatever your exercises are for 15 minutes prior to their training session they're yeah. going and doing their training session and and so what they're doing in the training station is almost like that is it is um, one step forward two steps back that they take a step forward with your stuff and then they go and take two steps back with their training yeah, yeah. okay so so what what came next then what, what, what's the process now for you uh, you've you've frustrated at, at this point I guess so so that yeah that was that was frustrating and then so that's the one hand and then the other hand was then uh, when I actually started to ask to look at programs and go oh well okay this knee injury is not going away can I can I see your program and then you see the program and it's like well no wonder you're still injured you've yeah. got a knee injury and you're squatting every day yeah. or on, and under a heavy load like not just like it can be okay to squat every day if some days you're just doing body weight air squats and then some days you're doing heavy squats but when you are literally working up to a near 70 70 plus percent or maybe north of 80 percent on maxes with some programs and doing that four or five days a week through the different lifts of course you're still going to have knee pain because your system is just breaking down yeah so so you pretty much you're as you as you start to say yeah. you're holding them together you're sort of the yeah. glue that keeps them keeps them going yeah um, and did, did you reach a point where you'd had enough of this I did yeah I did um, not, and it, sometimes it wasn't even so much the injury stuff sometimes it was people's movement as well it's like well why is the movement not improving like we're doing the right things as again first port of call what am I missing mm. second port of call right okay how much fire are they, fire are they under in the training and it's yeah. like that, that balance needs to be reached yeah. so people started to come to me that knew that they moved not so well or were getting injured yeah. and it was like so we just started having the conversation and it kind of started from there okay. um, which I was excited to do yes yeah. um, yeah, I mean you are a, I mean, so you have an injury clinic but you know you are a trainer your, your bread and yeah. butter has always been program design and, and coaching yeah. people and and almost you say you had the tangent of the therapy although most people you're known for your therapy but the yeah. tangent was the therapy in, 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 in you've always been a coach um, yeah yeah I was like yeah, I was coaching a gym personal trainer yeah so yeah so okay so you change your system yep you say the only way I can affect athletes lives correctly is by controlling their programming because to, to say it bluntly I've got 15 minutes where they're building themselves and then they're wrecking themselves the rest of the time. So yeah. the only way I can really control this and really get results from people is by controlling what they're doing the other at the other times and having total yeah. control over, over the athlete. So that started. And, and so, you know, as every coach, you have your philosophies, you have your ideas yeah. and you have your, you know, ways of football coach have their systems yeah. of play, et cetera, et cetera. So 
so what's Jousey's philosophy? What's 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 your coaching style? What 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 do you? What's your what's your uh, signature, uh, if you like? Um, you've known me long. I suppose you could know it was. Uh, you've known me long enough. It's perfection. Okay. Um, and it's perfection of the movements, perfection of the execution. Um, that that movement base. So it's going right. Are we doing this as optimally as possible? Can the body do the right things at the right time? So there's a huge kind of sway towards moving well and improving the function of the body rather than doing what we call the, the match day, um, which is putting it in the fire. Because um, that's the, the nature of, of CrossFit is going hard all the time. Okay. Um, and for yeah, for your job, for your job public, maybe going hard relatively, because actually, what's hard for a beginner is actually not pushing the system too far. No, that's, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. But for the competitive guys um, that go in too hard, the guys that can really push. But for the experienced athlete, that push, that going too far is is what can push them over the edge. So they need to have more balance within the training program so that the body's not constantly under fire the whole time. So that, that backing off and working at easier, uh, just working on the quality of movement uh, for your session. Because uh, we all know when we're, when we're near those max, those max efforts, those max loads, people don't look as pretty. Like that that is the body is just going to whatever whatever position it can to get that job done. It wants to overcome the weight, it wants to to get uh to get up out of that squat, to get the head above the bar. And the more you're doing that, you're just reinforcing that negative pattern. So that's where my balance of programming comes in, uh, in a sense of sessions that are relatively easier in terms of perceived output um, it's not as intensive as a as a um, an effort as squatting heavy or doing a wad and, and things like that but what's funny is the most of the competitive guys they all say once they've had a session with me like most of them go home and sleep because neurologically I've challenged their system so big yeah. that it literally um, it can wipe them out for the, the new skills Okay, so we followed you now. We followed you from um, an injury yeah. clinic to a coaching clinic, uh, and we understand that's because you want to affect the athletes yeah. with everything they're doing. To because ultimately that's how you feel like you could be most successful. Yeah, how you're a success. Good. So, so the conflict then. I, I instantly, as an athlete myself, put my athlete hat on and see a conflict. Yeah. Um, you're saying you want me to move perfectly <clears throat> you're saying that my training is ruining me you're saying to me that um, I go in and I throw down yeah. is that the right terminology? yeah, yeah. yeah I'm learning yeah. I go in and I throw down and every time I throw down um, I'm making myself worse how do I get better? it depends that does depend on the, the execution okay uh, of how well you're doing it okay of course yeah of course um, but you are you're taking people out of that environment yeah. aren't you 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I feel like that's how, I, I mean, I can imagine that's how I feel. Like I'd feel, well, you're stopping me playing my sport. Yeah. You're taking me out of my sport and you're telling me to do this. Um, how do I get better at my sport? Yeah. You know, that would be the logical question for me. Sitting, yeah. If I was sitting at home listening to this, I'd be saying, okay, hang on a minute. He's telling me I can't do my sport. If I'm a footballer, yeah. um, and you tell me I can't play football, I'm, no. unha- I'm, I'm very unhappy. Yeah. So, so what, what, are they improving? I mean, are, are, you know, you, you, yeah. are they improving people? Are they lifting? I mean, ultimately, are they lifting more? Are they lifting quicker? What, what? Well, based off how the Open went, everybody climbed up. Everybody that was compared that had the Open as a goal, they made they made the gains. Of the people you're coaching? Of the people I'm coaching. Yeah. Okay. Um, had one guy, uh, he qualified for regionals, having not qualified the year before. Yeah. So he, he improved. Um, one guy went from uh, 104th to the top 70. Yeah. Um, he accumulated, um, like... In the CrossFit Open, uh, you get points for the places that you finish in. Okay. So it's the person with the, the people with the least points qualify. Right. Because they've they've finished higher up in the workouts. So yes. first place gets one point. So less is more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, what was uh, before going into the Open, we were looking at his scores, and or I was looking at his scores and didn't tell him, um, and I knew I needed to accumulate roughly based off past Opens around. Five hundred points, four hundred to five hundred points total, qualified people for regionals. Okay. The last two years, Uh, we got him there. The year before, he was at fourteen hundred points accumulated. uh, Finished one hundred and fourth. We halved his points total to seven hundred, and he finished uh, in the top seventy. Um, which and the top guys only accumulate this it's been the toughest year yeah the top guys only accumulated um, just uh, under 400 points for the first time okay so the top guys just were not they weren't dropping no. um, so he improved massively fantastic um, so we, we had a win but the ultimate goal was regionals yeah so of course but that was coming of course we're uh, we still weren't happy yeah. but we were happy at the same time yeah. progress um, is always good eh? one guy qualified um, in qualified in Africa yeah the Africa region yeah uh, and his team but he decided for last year he was in the top 10 this year he finished well he's still in the top 10 but he was 7th yeah um, and but he decided he was going team yeah that was a decision that was already kind of decided yeah. so he went team yeah. the team went to regionals team qualified Brilliant. and the team went to the games Great. and they finished on the podium at the games good so, um, so you're, it's successful yeah is, is, is the point yeah it's, it's, it's going the right way um, and the, in terms of the numbers um, again it depends on actually where that athlete's at so if most of them have gained strength yeah um, some of them might not have gained strength but that's because I sacrificed I made a decision as a coach to sacrifice not getting stronger as in one rep maxing yeah, yeah. for the sake of getting a better position and being able to maintain that position for longer 
because the majority of workouts I say this is my philosophy um, a lot of people do it differently but people are spending a high majority of their training working in that to gain that one rep max um, to have the, the bigger toll like if you look at the the number of um, strength elements as in absolute max from the open through to regionals through, sorry through to the games you're talking about testing three you're talking about three events out of 30 so they're spending north of 80% of their time trying to get stronger when 20 is only 20% sorry not even 10% 10% of the efforts of strength and obviously we can get into the science of well if you're stronger then you've, you're going to have more endurance because you can shift a heavier load so that's that's obviously one thought process I just come at it from a different way yeah. Um, so yeah we've made those sacrifices where they might not have got stronger but actually they've not lost they've lost minimal off the max but they can then now turn over weights closer to max so I've made that adjustment yeah. in a sense of efficiency, uh, efficiency strength rather than absolute strength. Um, so yeah, it actually varies from athlete to athlete because I don't really have I have a philosophy, but then that will that philosophy then is variable depending on the athlete, and I'm not going to sacrifice things that uh, I don't feel are necessary. So so how how are you doing it? I mean, we see the results. The results are there to see. Um, improvements are, are there to see um, people aren't losing and you say sacrifice I'm going to sacrifice some of their maximal efforts their strength there yeah how um, but they're not losing strength yeah how you when you say I'm sacrificing so what are you doing instead um, and is there criteria are you operating with criteria or or when do you when do you say I'm sacrificing? But do you ever go back there and and want to be higher on the strength? Or what's your process there? Well, I'll always I'll always dip. They will go back to their skill, especially the competitive guys. Yeah, have that goal. I'm not not squatting them. Okay, they will squat. Just we choose to spend a bigger portion of the season working on being moving well and efficiently. So, so are you taking people? Are you taking squatting away from them? So, is that what I'm hearing? So, so for some people, yeah. Okay, squatting, so squatting goes. Okay, yeah. Oh, yes. uh, so you just well, squatting under fire. In fairness, I should yeah. say. And when you say under fire, you mean? I mean heavy max 70, 70 plus percent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you just take squatting away. Yeah. You're just say look, you're not allowed to squat. Yeah. Um, because you're not ready for it, or you're not yeah. your body isn't able to do it. Yeah. How are you? I mean, so so let's say you know. Um, got John he's squatting you look at him what's your, what are you looking at what's the criteria there then so what, what what brings you to a decision that says I'm looking at you and I'm making the decision that in CrossFit <laughs> yeah. squatting's relatively important not the beginning yeah. I understand but, but yeah. relatively important and I'm looking at you and I'm saying I'm going to stop you squatting yeah it's a re I'm guessing it's a relatively big decision for you as yeah, a coach it is, I, yeah. I, I imagine it's huge for the athlete yeah so what what is it they need to be able to what is it they need to be able to do or what is it they can't do or what is it that you are seeing that says okay I am blocking you or I'm taking squatting out of your programming for this period of time. Um, obviously, it's uh, can they 
squat with feet straight. Okay. And that's not because they should just squat with feet straight. Um, because I will change that. I will allow them to squat in a different position depending on what they're doing. But their hips should have adequate range of motion or control of motion or whatever is stopping them from being able to squat with feet straight. They should have that skill. And that can be a number of factors why they don't. Um, so feet straight is the first one. Knees tracking over the foot, if not coming slightly to the inside, because we know that that is the most powerful position. And we know that the glute works more when the knees track inwards rather than pushing outside of the feet. Um, getting below parallel, obviously. Um, maintaining close to neutral spine. Uh, as they do it, we will have a tuck under uh, when we get below parallel. That's natural, that's structural, that, that can't change. There is a tuck under. Um, it just depends on how much of that then comes into the lumbar spine. Mm. Uh, but then the big one is leg dominance. Uh, is there a huge shift? Because if there's a massive shift in the squat, then all I'm basically doing is when we're going through that squatting program, we're making that one, we're making the shift more apparent and we're basically teaching that squat that right leg if you say this shift to the right that right leg becomes stronger and stronger the more squats you do so relatively weaker then we're going to open ourselves up for overuse injuries on the right leg more likely to see yeah knee pain on the right leg because there's more weight going through it and then obviously then we've got a bar on our backs that pelvis is shifting over the back's exposed it opens up a whole host of issues so I try and move them over to as balanced a position as we can centrally over the feet um, for, so we can transfer force so you've taken them out of squatting yep um, and you've corrected everything everything that, that, yep. that the complexity of, of everything you've just discussed um, side to side differences and strength there I'm sorry flexibility issues and technique issues and you're fixing that and then I hear you say I put them back into that yeah. and they haven't lost strength now as an old rugby boy who lifted, yeah. lifted a lot you know if we're not lifting we're not we're not if you're not lifting you're not carrying and banging yeah. you know you're not winning yeah um but but you say you're putting them back into yeah the squat and they haven't lost or they've lost minimal yeah, minimal from their top end, which must mean within some kind of strength cycle, they would be they're actually better because if they haven't been doing it for a long period of time, if you, if you understand my question, yeah, if they haven't been doing it for exactly. a long period of time, and they're just as good. We know when you train something, you get better at it. So actually, relatively, they're better. Yeah, how are you doing that? Why is that? So I mean, obviously, like doing strength training. The, the predominant focus of strength training is the neurological adaptation. So that neurological adaptation of uh, is allowing the body to recruit more fibers to then be able to shift load and that, that stimulation and making that neuros, uh, nervous system more successful. Okay. Obviously, we're working the nervous system, yeah. so we can't be working the nervous system without working the muscular system. So when we're doing that, now neurological system is starting to create these motor pathways for recruiting muscles at certain times through certain angles. With that, if that's an efficient pattern, sorry, it is only creating that pathway down the path that is available, which is the inefficient pattern. 
So if we then look, if we kind of go back to our muscle podcast that we've done, it's that old analogy of how many people will be able to lift the table. Mm. If we've got four people on a table and two people are lifting the table, then those two people are going to get tired and the other two because the other two people are doing nothing. Yeah. So we're not going to be able to carry that table as far for as long, etc., etc. Whereas if we get four people lifting the table, we'll be able to travel further. We'll be able to lift a heavier table if we wanted to lift a heavier table because all all of the muscles are working. So the program focuses on the recruitment of muscles specific to those sporting movements. Okay. Um, and that's where. That's why they maintain, uh, well, drop strength slightly because yeah. the, neuro, the nervous system has dropped ever so slightly, but it's not that far because of the um, because the sequencing has improved. Yeah, of the of the muscles, um, and now everything is working more efficiently. So you say sequencing. Yeah. Um, what What do you mean by What do you mean by sequencing? Well, I know what you mean by sequencing, but would, I think the listeners would like to know when you say the sequencing is better. What what does that mean? So I mean, uh, I think we're we're going into the squat quite deeply here. Well, we have a podcast on the yeah. squat. Uh, I think it's the 29th of November. Yeah, the uh, squatting podcast comes, so they can watch out for that. So should we wait and and leave that as a teaser, or would you like just to quickly touch on sequencing with them? Um, whoa. Let's tease that. Well, I, I don't know how I can touch on it without going deep. Okay, so um, we'll, so let, we'll let yeah. that stand. We'll, yeah. we'll come back to that uh, in October. Sorry, my fault for a question. I got excited. Yeah. Um, so, so we, we need to move on a little yeah. bit. But one last question in terms of you're taking them out of there. Yeah. One of the key elements of the sport. And yeah. you're putting them back into it with huge improvement by having other things working and helping. Yeah. Ultimately, getting them to work as a team, getting yeah. all the groups to do what they should be doing at the right times. Um, now, there's a Danish uh, research paper that, yep. um, that states if you're, losing, if, you, if you're learning a new skill, yeah. um, you need to replicate that skill 10,000 times before you understand it. Yeah. If it's a skill that you have already trained incorrectly yeah. and you have some kind of linkage or neural pathway yeah. understanding yeah. already perhaps it takes 18,000 times to do yeah. it now 10,000 18,000 I'm huge numbers yeah the accuracy yeah. of the study I, I don't know but 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 we all have an appreciation for of, of that we need to do things over and over to get better at them yeah so in terms of actual sets and reps and the nitty-gritty of this stuff so if you mean you use the example of a squat so we'll stick there you know, you're coming out of the squat and you're programming yeah. them. Um, you let's use the example of the right leg is dominant. You use that. You see, they've got yeah. a right leg that's dominant and the left leg isn't doing a lot. So yeah. what you're trying to do now is alter a motor pattern, right? Yeah. You're trying to have the left leg contribute more to the squat. Now this person is probably well trained, uh, yeah. probably good at what they do. Um, so they've trained in a, a negative pattern. They've trained in a bad way of squatting because the right leg and and you've taken away that stimulus. Yeah. Right. Yeah, correct. And so now well, you're taking away is there because we're retraining the, it. Yeah, if you take away by by stopping them squatting, you've taken yeah. away them learning to do it badly. Yeah. So, so what are you in in relation to that study? What are you seeing? I, I mean, how many? One, what are you programming? Two, how how long does this process take? 
um, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, three. Um, yeah, how many sessions a week? I mean, let's let's talk about the nitty gritty. Yeah. To give us an example of some training programs here that works on this stuff that improves us. Let's just say we need the left leg doing more. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I use lunges a lot. Yeah. Um, because knows that. yeah, everyone yeah. knows that. And uh, as you can kind of hear from that study, how many reps it takes to retrain retrain a pattern. Yeah. So that's why there's a lot of lunges. Yeah. Um, to help to help do that. Um, so we'll always. Uh, whereas most people in an off season. Um, in CrossFit, are they're they're lifting heavy right now? Um, my guys aren't lifting heavy. They're literally just drilling, drilling patterns, drilling em- empty bar, uh, and reinforcing, reinforcing moving well, so that when they're getting towards that that later in the season, they they've not been under. I keep saying under the fire. They've not been uh, not been there for as long. So we're we're going to be hitting the stage of the season, moving well, feeling strong, not feeling beat up and banged up, um, as uh, as the season goes on. And like I said, the the time the time uh, on the improvements, uh, it, it kind of like yeah, how long has the how long has the dysfunction's been there? Because something that going a little bit with uh, leg imbalances, um, my daughter. I've told this story to a few people, um, but a few people won't have heard it. Like, we, we, as you know, through our through our muscle podcast, that um, that movement is subconscious. Um, so my three-year-old daughter, she started walking when she was about one, uh, and she has been walking up the stairs, say, from uh, fourteen months, and every step up the stairs has been done on her right leg that's been the most efficient it's the strongest leg she's chosen it and every step she's done up there when she started to understand me and could understand what I was saying to her I uh, tapped her on her left leg and I said use this one and uh, she went to step up on her left leg and face planted literally just fell straight over didn't have the strength to do it Um, now we play games so she likes to slide down the stairs on a bum because she thinks it's a nice exciting thing to do so I say well you can slide down because we don't play on the stairs because um, <laughs> I'll get told off by the wife but I played on the stairs when I was growing up but anyway um, so to let her slide down the stairs on a bum I say you've got to walk up the stairs on your left leg and even now she she's holding on with her hand she's stronger but that imbalance she's done well how many times has she walked up the stairs in two years like yeah, and she's done every step and let's say we've got 20 steps yeah. like she has done lots and lots of reps on that right leg so these imbalances that we're finding like having had a daughter now now I'm talking about I'm talking about years absolutely so it's it's a hard question to answer and that needs the repetition to break it down and then the program with the athlete depending on I will always they always go back to the squat, of course, because it's a sport. And if they're competitive, we need to do some squatting at some stage of the season. So a lot of the time we're making, we're taking two steps forward in the off-season. We will be taking a step back as the season yeah. kicks in and the weight starts to go on. So it is a constantly evolving process. But even if they squatted well. So, um, so you've got them out, okay? You've yep. got competition coming up or you've got... Uh, 
a goal or a focus for, for the athlete coming yeah. up and you haven't been able to get the squat in the we haven't put your perfect you've put your perfection glasses on and yeah. they don't it doesn't fit the criteria yeah does the athlete allowed to compete do they move on a phase do they say do you at one point say okay we've had six weeks on that we've moved it we've improved it but it isn't quite what I want now we go and dare I say ruin it <laughs> yeah um, and train the strength and everything else so that they can compete because ultimately athletes why they're doing it is to compete yeah exactly the, the it's, what they like, it's what they like yeah. to do. I mean if they're not competing perhaps you wouldn't it's not an option yeah. but the guys you're coaching they are competing they're going after wins yeah. and, and, and results so so when do you say okay that's fine let's start now you're allowed to lift heavy we need to get yeah. you ready because we need to prepare you for competition yeah um, and, and do you do that or do you say look you're not allowed to compete what, what, what's, what do you do there I vary I mean like uh, yeah of course we have to drill it because competition is the goal yeah but some of them might enter a few competitions a year um, but we've always got one there's always the most important one so from there I'm not going to sacrifice a phase for the sake of the the most important one so sometimes we'll turn up at competitions having not lifted uh, sorry not lifted the numbers yeah yeah not, not been at those upper ends and we just see where we're at there and then which is then always the thing of like okay so how much is missing from by not doing it and is it a lot is it is it a big gaping hole or actually well, it's not as bad as I thought it'd be which is then a win um, without it actually yeah I don't want it to disrupt the bigger picture um, so that that's where we that's where I kind of adjust things so programming then I mean yeah. that's what I, I asked you my question was your philosophy as a coach I think I'm there I understand your philosophy yeah. as a coach you're going after perfection you want everything to look good and you're trusting in when everything's working and looking good they're as strong as they've ever been and um, less likely to get injured yeah and absolutely but I mean CrossFit and its elements yeah it's a headache um, yeah I mean I mean um, yeah. I mean you can see why or have an understanding of why there's so many opinions and so many sort of ideas and concepts I mean it's a new sport it's yeah just, exactly. it's just it's just there is no there is no specific CrossFit research yeah, you know, because it is a blend of other sports and other fitness concepts. There is a lot of research. Yeah, for sure. But, but how we go from a, a chin up to a squat to a row machine, or whatever it might be, there is there's not sort of huge amounts of research in the field. Yeah. So so we haven't got that to fall back on and back up. So you guys who are in the field now who have started it, you're you're the first wave. You know, in fifty yeah, years time, sure. in fifty years time. If, CrossFit is as strong or as big as, 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 it's, as it's going now you will know a lot more and have a lot yeah. more systems so you are the guys now who are sort of setting the foundation for yeah. the future how, how are you going about that I mean how are you how are you what are your considerations when you're sitting writing a program for an athlete when you need to yeah I mean I mean I sometimes have difficulty getting three disciplines as in swimming biking running yeah. in, in, in one week and thinking yeah. I've not got enough hours so, I mean, how are you programming there and balancing the elements? Are you focusing on more elements at different times? Are you having phases? And I'm not talking about volume intensity. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah, purely yeah. managing the different concepts because yeah. there could end up being that sort of jack of all trades, master of none. 
yeah. in your programming that you're not yeah. making them better at anything really. Uh, so, so what, how are you? How are you? How are you sitting down? And when you come, when you've been through your periodization, and and I know how detailed your periodization is and your planning and and your detail there. When you're actually sitting down to write this week's training, yeah. I mean, how do you do that? And for other coaches out there that, that perhaps need some some help yeah. on that, how, how are you putting all that together? How are you putting the jigsaw and the pieces together? Um, well, I mean, I. I, in CrossFit, like a lot of people, do different things all the time. They're, they're using that constantly varied. They might have some, obviously, a structure through it, but they'll use variants uh, more than I do. I, I'm very structured. It's the way my brain works. I can't, uh, I can't work the other ways, and I admire the people that can can do that because yeah, it's just not the way I'm wired to do it. No. But I, uh, best analogy would be having different glasses and having them all topped up with water and what we've got is we're just moving we've only got so many hours so I've got to adjust the water in the glasses and each glass is a different element so at different points of the phase we're going to have to more dominance in uh, more time spent Olympic lifting than doing gymnastics yeah. or more time yeah more time doing aerobic work everything's always getting touched on yeah, there's always so, so you're actually covering mo ele most all yeah. elements weekly, daily, monthly, weekly, 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 weekly every every element is covered. Okay, um, just at varying degrees, and then vice versa, and then obviously yeah, then getting into is it intensity based, is it volume based, etc. But I'll always be dipping into each element, but just there will be a bias, uh, a bias in certain areas. And, and where does the bias come from? Where's from the, the assessment of the athlete, okay, finding out where they are, where where we need them to be when they peaked, uh, that end that end goal, yeah. um, so, knowing so the big that, plan, the big plan, yeah, the, okay. the big plan. So like, it's uh, do we want them to be fitter at the end, stronger at the end? And obviously, the the goal in CrossFit is answer all of the above because it's got all those different elements. But it's finding out well which one needs, where do we need to be pulling through most of the spending most of the time uh, doing that so that reaches our peak where we where we want it to be at, at that moment so how far ahead are you planning how um, I mean just in average short answer actually how, um, are you planning months weeks years uh, uh, the outline uh, is years okay so you've got a, you've got a year yeah, yeah. yeah one to three year plan one two three, for every athlete you work yeah. with some um, for the comparative ones yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then based off uh, the phases uh, then the the rough phases they are um, like normally in blocks of uh, five to ten weeks okay so you're when you say the three year plan you've got obviously somewhere somewhere you'd like to be in three years time four years yeah. time and then are you you've obviously got the events in the next few years you've already sort of booked in and yeah, you know, so some of them are booked in and some of them are unconfirmed. So you always then have to adjust some of the periodization yeah. if we change. Oh, well, we want to we want to do a kind of a because yeah, we can peak a couple of times a year, two to three times a year, but we normally kind of stick at two. Yeah. Um, so we'll use like an earlier season peak just to see how that peak worked. Yeah. To then put it towards the more important peak. Yeah. So I've got somebody entering a competition in around November time. Uh, sorry, end of October. So they're peaking towards that, and then that gives us then from October to January to be to be peaking for yeah. for there. 
Um, so for the open. For the open. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, there's lots more um, I'd like to ask you, um, and I'm sure our viewers, uh, or our listeners, should I say, uh, would also, I'm sure, have lots yeah. to ask. Um, so this isn't the last CrossFit podcast with 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 you, sir. Um, there's lots we haven't touched on in terms of programming and, and, and such um, so we'll thank the listeners um, if they've not turned off already if they're still listening of course yeah we'll um, we've got a bit of cake left so coffee and cake we'll have coffee and it's cake it's very English and um, what should we'll be tea and cake me. it should be tea and cake we like a shot in the dark mate we do good take it easy guys see you guys See you there.